Welcome to this week's episode of the Stephen Perkins Program. I'm Stephen Perkins. Thank you for joining me uh, here in my humble abode, which, by the way, the Christmas tree is up. It is only, let's see, today is November 19th, or I'm sorry, today is November 18th. You're listening, if you listen on the day it comes out, November 19th. Uh, and the Christmas tree is up. I'm staring at it. You know what t- pisses me off about this Christmas tree, though? There is a section of lights that are out. It's just one section right in the middle. It looks like my tree's wearing a damn belt. And there's a section of lights burned out. And it's one of those, you know, it's it's like it's not just one bulb that's burned out. All the rest work. It's that one bulb is burned out and the whole section is burnt out. And so now I have to go. And first of all, I got to hunt down the, the little bulbs that come with the tree. If not, I can always go to the Home Depot and get those. Uh, but I then have to hunt down which light is burnt out. I, I can't take the stress of this. Ridiculous. I do just want to tell you, if I seem a little different today, it's because I have uh, a performance-enhancing um, item with me currently. And I'm talking about this hat that I just got this week. And those of you who follow me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, if you follow me in general, you've seen it. It is a American flag hat. And I, I, I mean, an American, I mean, it's, it's the full red, white, and blue with the stars and the, the stripes. And on the front, it says make America dope again. And it is probably my favorite saying ever. It's probably my favorite hat ever. Um, I'm contemplating wearing this hat for a week and just seeing what people, how people react to it because I I can't remember the the publication, but whenever Donald Trump first came up with his hats, it might've been IJ or someone like that. Uh, One of their reporters wore the Donald Trump make America great again, the the classic white, you know, hat uh, wore it for a week all over and, and recorded people's reactions to it. I'd like to do that with this hat because, you know, it's clearly not the tip, you know, it's not the white basic hat. It's, it's a little more flashy and it says make America dope again instead of great again, because that's really what the slogan should be. That's what our, our mission should be as a GOP. Come on, Donald. Um, but I, I, I wonder what kind of reactions, you know, we'd get out of this. So this is, God, this is a weird week. I mean, here we are November 18th and I'm wearing a make America dope again hat. I'm wearing a Christmas sweater and I do like, this is a ski, a ski sweater. It has that pattern on it. I don't know what you call it. It's like a, like a tribal pattern or whatever. And then we have a Christmas tree up. Um, what else? I have a bunch of books laying around the house because I haven't you know, been organizing things. Needless to say, this is a weird week. And I'm supposed to read by Tuesday, today's or tonight's Wednesday, when you're listening, it's gonna be Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday or 2045. But by Tuesday, I have to read um, approximately 250 pages. And here's the thing about me and reading. I am not the biggest uh, or, well, I like to read. I'm not the fastest reader and I get discouraged with reading because if I can't read, if I can't consume something quickly, 
um, many times I think, well, it's just not worth my time. So I, I'm going to try to get, it's about uh, President Johnson and how he was this new, uh, the president for new liberalism and yada, yada, all that. So I have to read that by Tuesday. So life's going swell right now. Let me just tell you, I went to cook uh, a part of my dinner tonight, right? I pull out the, pull out the pot and pull out my couscous from the from the from the pantry i'm a big couscous fan you know you should try it sometime it's delicious i go to put water in the pot like an american like a damn adult i go to put water in the pot and i turn the faucet and nothing happens and i think what is going on in the world I turn on uh, the hot water faucet and and nothing happens. And you know, I by this by this point I am just concerned, I'm disgusted, I'm a little disgruntled. A little disgruntled. All I want is mazagua and I'm getting no agua. Also at a Spanish test today. So I'm really, you know, up to date on all this. But needless to say, the apartment complex turned off the water once again because, you know, we just have so many pipe issues around here. I, I'm an advocate. Just rip it all up and replace the crap. I, I'm tired of having water cut off all the time. Anyway, so the water is back on, by the way. I have, um, I have cooked my couscous and I'm better. Uh, and, and, you know, this is the, 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 these are the minor speed bumps in life that you just have to get over among other things. It's been an interesting week, though, and I hope your week has been going well. Um, and, and I hope it's been better than last week, because as you know, and what I want to talk about this this week is, of course, the attacks in Paris, ISIS, refugees, all of that fun stuff, which, by the way, tonight, if you're listening Thursday morning, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, I will be joining the Young Guns podcast. You may have heard me talk about them. You may have seen them on OutsetMagazine.com. But I will be joining the Young Guns podcast. We will be doing a live, a one-hour live show um, on ISIS, the Paris attacks, refugees, all of that. Pretty much a a more uh, expanded version with more opinions of what I'll be talking about today. But that will be 8 p.m. Eastern at at YouTube.com slash watch outset or you can just go to outsetmagazine.com and all the details will be there but join us and use the hashtag the yes the hashtag uh young guns live um i've never really done a hashtag for this show i should anyways this so so this week i want to talk about the paris attacks and what i think should be done because here's what's interesting friday uh evening friday afternoon friday evening uh i'm driving with friends to san antonio we're having our our fall conference for the college republicans and as i am uh packing and getting ready to leave to go pick up my friends i see the initial reports of the paris attacks and i i I didn't think much of it because it was just kind of it just kind of scrolled by on twitter i didn't I thought, okay, there's there's been a shooting in Paris. I I, I had no idea uh, the scope. 
so as I drive to get my friends, usually I have you know, news on, on, on the satellite radio. I, I didn't this time. I was listening to music. And so I really, I really didn't know. And by the time I got to my friend's house, you know, they weren't ready yet. So I saved my car and I was looking on Twitter and I saw that this was actually a much, much bigger issue um, than what it originally looked like. I discovered that it was, without a doubt, a terrorist attack. And already ISIS was saying that they, that they had done it and people were speculating that they had. What strikes me about this is that just earlier that day, just <clears throat> earlier Friday morning, uh, I had been engaged in discussions with people about why the U.S. should not intervene in the Middle East any further. I, I had been uh, in, in discussions with people about why uh, military spending should be slowed. And, and I had even been talking about why refugees from places like Syria should be allowed to come into the United States and why we can't turn our backs on them. And just the, the, the amount of alternative thoughts that I had as I was driving to San Antonio and as I was really thinking through all this news. Of course, I didn't have the latest, but, but I knew the basics. I, I found myself thinking... Can I still maintain, knowing this, knowing what just happened, and knowing that there are certainly more to come, I do believe that there is more to come. Uh, there's been many intelligence officers who said that Paris was just a test to see if they could do it, and they could. So I think there's more to come. But the question that I kept finding myself um, you know, asking, asking, that I kept asking myself, was can I still maintain a libertarian uh, viewpoint when it comes to foreign policy, you know, when it comes to military intervention, when it comes to the size uh, and funding of our military? And instead of just coming right out with my conclusion, I want to walk through some of the things. I want to start first on the refugee issue. The question now is, should the United States take in refugees from Syria, refugees from just the area, refugees from these war-torn areas? Uh, many of my friends have made it very clear, uh, their position, and their, and their position is no. And I, and I understand completely why that is their position. In fact, someone posted a, a meme today. And said, imagine if you had a bowl of 100 M&Ms and, and 10 of them were poisoned. How many bleeding heart liberals would go and just scoop up a handful anyways? And I thought, you know, that's interesting. But part of me also understands that there is a, a compassionate side to this country. And trust me, I'm not the ones for, I, 
I'm not going to advocate for making important decisions based off of your feelings. Because that's what people at the University of Missouri do and people at Yale do. Talked about that last week. You can go listen to my wonderful thoughts there. And so I find myself in conflict because I think obviously we don't want to let terrorists in. But is it right for us to turn our backs on people who are trying to escape war like they've never experienced before, like the world has never experienced before? And I've been trying to think of a middle ground. What? Ha- what? In, in, in what way, in what way can we keep the terrorists out, but let the quote-unquote good refugees in? And as of right now, I'm perfectly okay with saying, I don't know. I, I haven't found a way. I haven't thought of a way. Luckily, I'm not in the position to... To, to come up with a way. I'm not being counted on for that. But in that, for that question on that topic, I have no idea. I, I don't think anyone does. And I also don't think a lot of liberals have accused um, people who hold views like my friends of just being, un, you know, of just having no compassion, of just being racist people who want to turn away, turn away anyone who's brown. I don't think that's the case. I think my friends are very well um, intentioned with uh, with their viewpoints on this, and, and 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 largely they are logical, and that tends to be the conservative side. It's a more logical stance on things, while the liberal side is more on feelings. And I understand the liberal viewpoint on it. That how can we turn our backs on these people? Now, I will say there is a hypocrisy. There's an extreme hypocrisy. Because before this mass uh, group of refugees have been kind of leaving the area, Christians in the Middle East were being murdered because of their faith. Gay people were being pushed off buildings because of their sexual preference. And you didn't hear the left say a damn thing. And and, and in fact, when Glenn Beck said, hey, let's let's gather up christian refugees and bring them to america the liberals said oh my gosh i cannot believe he's even proposing such a thing but now but now when the dialogue is let's bring in muslim refugees liberals are all over the idea and I'm not saying that for, for every liberal, it, it, it's simply the matter of their religion. But all I'm asking is, where were you half a year ago? Where were you three months ago when Christians and gays and women and minorities in these countries were being killed and they were seeking refuge? You weren't anywhere. 
But now that we find us our, ourselves where we are today, I, I I have the question, and and I I want your feedback on this because I I obviously haven't made up my mind, and and I don't know how to because this is a very tough. Uh, question, right? This isn't something that uh, that that one person's going to come up with a solution to. How do we balance our tradition and our commitment to compassion with our desire to turn away people who could do us harm? Now, my immediate go-to response has been, well, you know, obviously our intelligence cannot vet every single one of these refugees you know there's no way our intelligence services can vet a hundred thousand refugees but i think that in the in the coming months why don't we just try to vet as many as we possibly can and only let them in let in everyone we have the capacity to vet that's one idea and I'm sure there's flaws with it. I'm sure if uh, if if there was someone in intelligence, they they you know they could tell me all their reasons why that's wrong. But that's my go-to reaction. So that's that's the refugee question, and it's a question that I think um, that is going to uh, be debated for a very long time. Uh, and 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 there will there will not be a, a clear answer to that because both sides, um, both sides have 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 pretty have pretty decent arguments. And now it's just a matter of balancing those out. The next question, and this is getting into kind of our military intervention. The next question is, how do we defeat ISIS? Oh, I mean, I mean, truly a loaded question. A difficult question. I don't know, other than like, you know, nuking the region, which I understand is not a popular stance although i feel like hell if we nuke the japanese why not nuke the middle people in the middle east anyways i'm not advocating it people okay i'm just saying what if these are all theoretical situations how do you get rid of vices well you know logic would say cut the head off the snake kill the queen bee but we have seen in the past when you kill their leaders they reorganize and uh, the head grows back if you will what I find disturbing is that you saw Sunday night, the French started bombing. And what's interesting is that the French started bombing targets that the U.S., that, that they got from the U.S. This was U.S. intelligence they used to locate these targets. Very key, critical, vital targets for ISIS. So my question is, first of all, why hasn't the U.S. already taken out those targets? And second of all, why does France have more guts than the U.S.? Because the issue here is that we have a president who campaigned on the idea that war will be ended, boots will be lifted, floated away from the ground, and that peace in the Middle East will be a reality. But what we're finding is that, well, maybe it's not too smart to make a promise for eight years, right? As a president, you should never tie your hands and say, we will never go back to war. There will be no more boots on the ground. 
we will end the war. The problem, technically, is that President Obama has not ended the war. The war on terrorism is not over. The war in Iraq is technically over. But the war on terrorism, if we choose to continue to fight it, is not over. So he hasn't ended the war. He's ended a battle. The war continues on. The question of battling ISIS is one I find interesting. You know, a lot of people like to oversimplify it and they say, oh, all we got to do is bomb, you know, the, 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 the key phrase, just got to bomb the hell out of them. And to those people who think that we simply need to bomb the hell out of them, um, I'm not sure where you get your logic from. I'm not sure where you get just really any any of your understanding from. Because bombing really isn't doing that much. Like, we, like we've been bombing the hell out of them. I'm not sure what else, except for the nuclear option, what else you really want. I think this is what the problem comes down to. And I've said this on this show before over and over again. We have an issue in this country. The last time we were united in a war effort was what? World War II? World War II was the last time that the majority of Americans truly came together and said, we're going to kill those bastards and we'll do whatever it takes to get it done. But after that, you know, we, we, lost, we lost that sense of unity. And I think it's because so many of these petty wars came after World War II. You had the Korean War, the Vietnam War, all the invasions in the Middle East, the, the, the uh, Latin American uh, military engagements. You know, people have become um, just numb to war. It's like a common day thing. It's like how many of us have grown up in a time of peace? None of us. We've always been at war in some capacity for our lifetime. So we don't really know what peacetime is like. And, and, and war is the new normal. You see, for the people of World War II, for the people in, in that period, war was not normal. Like there was World War I and people hated it. Like it was terrible. And then the idea of World War II came around and they're like, mm, you know, hard pass, not really not really into it this week but what happened is that we were attacked on our own soil pearl harbor is of course i don't have to tell you anyone with the basics history uh, uh knowledge knows that pearl harbor was was the tipping point and it, it it made a lot of americans it created a desire within a lot of americans to go to war And when we did go to war, America was in it to win it. That doesn't happen anymore. Even the fall of the Twin Towers, 9-11, did not unite us in a way. Maybe the day after, you know, the day at 9-12, we were pretty damn united. But it, when we invaded Iraq in 2003, there was no unification in the country. People weren't unified. Women weren't going to work in factories and men weren't going to their local army posts to sign up for the service. That just doesn't happen anymore. 
And my argument is that it has been the reason why we have not really won a war since World War II is because we don't give a damn anymore about war and we don't care about our foreign interventions. Most Americans nowadays, they can't tell you where all we're involved. They could, oh, sure, yeah, oh, yeah, we have troops in the Middle East. Uh, we have some troops, you know, in South Korea to kind of monitor the, the shiz there. But really, tell me where all we have troops. You can't do it uh, un unless you are learned in foreign policy and our foreign affairs. But also, how many people are going to, after this Paris attack, go sign up for the military here in the U.S.? Zero. And dare I say, if there was an attack in the U.S., as ISIS has now been threatening an attack in Washington, D.C., if there was really a, an attack here, how many people would go sign up for the military? From my generation, not many. I think it's like 4% have an express interest in joining the military. And even then, they only want to join after they're graduated so they could be an officer. I mean, I'm not one to talk. You know, I, I you don't see me rushing to go sign up for the military. It's just the way we are. We're a different people. And that's why I don't think we can win a war anymore. Because we're such a different people. We can't win war because we don't really want to win a war. We don't have an interest in winning anymore. And when it comes to ISIS, sure, we sit around and say, oh, we should kill the bastards. Oh, yeah, we should bomb the hell out of them. But when it comes time to putting troops on the ground, oh my god, you can't put troops on the ground. No, don't do that. Because it come because instead of bombs being dropped, it comes down to your friend John from high school being deployed to the Middle East and dying. It's much more real. It's much more personal. I have a a cousin in the Marines. And he was motivated. I mean, props to him. He was motivated by 9-11. And, and he knew that he kind of wanted to go into the military and serve the country. But even, even I, don't want him to, I, I don't want him to go to the, to the Middle East and fight. I don't want that. Which brings me into my final topic. My final angle of this very broad discussion. And that is, should the U.S. intervene? As I said, Friday morning, I was making the argument that the U.S. has no business in the Middle East. And by Friday afternoon, my beliefs were challenged. And I, I, I can tell you that I, this, is a, this is a conflicting thing within me. Anyone who says that they know 100% how the U.S. should handle foreign policy is lying. No one knows 100%. I mean, maybe Colin Powell, you know, maybe. Dick Cheney is pretty adamant about foreign policy. But no normal person, you and I, really knows 100% what the U.S. should do in terms of foreign policy. As a libertarian, I believe in peace through strength. I believe in a strong military. I believe in showing the enemy that we can kill you if we want to and if we need to. But also as a libertarian, I, I believe that um, 
I believe that it's not our job to fight other people's wars. I believe it's not our job to intervene unless we are being threatened, unless we've been threatened, unless we've been attacked. And that's tough to say because I also don't want to see an attack on the U.S. But what I know is that ISIS wants us to fight them. They are itching for a ground fight with the U.S. Because in their eyes, they want to win it, and they want to be able to say, we defeated the United States in a ground fight. And with the way that their propaganda goes, you know that that is their objective. So the question becomes, do we give in to their wants, but also protect our interest and go intervene and kill all the bastards? Or do we sit back, provide support where necessary, and make sure that we can protect our homeland before we try to protect other countries. I tend to uh, side on the latter. I think the number one job of a commander-in-chief, of a president, is to protect their country. And I think as the United States, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for saying this, I think it's time we become a little more selfish. I think it's time, not that we become isolationist, but that we become much more cautious in how we intervene overseas. ISIS is a real threat. ISIS is a extremely dangerous threat. But given the fact that we are not united as a country, given the fact that we are not willing to give war our all, I cannot advocate for going after ISIS. I cannot do it. We can continue airstrikes. They won't be effective. We can continue arming rebels who will probably end up turning against us. If we can build a coalition with France and England and Australia and whoever else wants to join, open it up, make a Google Doc, see who joins. But I'm just not sure. And I could be on the wrong side of history. I pray I'm not, but I could be. I am just not comfortable with intervention in the Middle East. And there's a lot of thinking that all of us will have to do, whether you're a libertarian, whether you're, uh, as Rand Paul or Caleb Franz at Outset would call you, a a neocon uh, in terms of, I don't know, like Marga Rubio supporters, I suppose. No matter who you are, I, I, I think we all have to look at ourselves and our beliefs, and we have to question them. And we have to think whether our beliefs fit the time. I don't know if my beliefs fit the time. I don't know if my beliefs in this subject are valid or not. But what I do know is that we are in danger. There are credible threats. We need a stronger commander-in-chief, We need a a stronger military. But ultimately, we need to get our nose out of things that we have no business having our noses in. 
because that's how you get your nose into crap. And if you want to hear more of my thoughts, tune in tonight, Thursday, November 19th, at youtube.com slash watchoutset. I will be joining Young Guns for their live show from 8 p.m. Eastern to 9 p.m. Eastern. It will be live. You can use the hashtag Young Guns Live, L-I-V-E, as if you didn't know. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen underscore Perkins on Facebook.com slash Stephen Perkins. Outset Magazine on Twitter at Outset Magazine and on Facebook.com slash Outset Network. And until we speak again next week, God bless Paris. God bless the United States. Join in the Young Gun Show. God bless you and take care.